This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. Yeah, on the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, right exclusively Correct. on Zoomer oh, Radio. Your uh, camera's not on. Case oh, okay. Well, sorry. There we are. It's no worries. But, yeah, we should be... I'm ready to go. We are live. Go. Okay, uh, welcome to the Garden Show. I am Dean Holland, and uh, yeah, I'm here with Charlie Dobbin. And uh, I'm. How are you this morning, Charlie? I'm excellent. Um, just uh, again, <laughs> sorting out <laughs> some um, gray day at my house and some interesting yeah. technical issues. No surprise, I guess. No surprise. <laughs> well, yeah, because you're in your home studio in uh, you're in your home studio in Prince Edward County. I'm in my home studio in Collingwood, Ontario. I want to give those numbers out, okay? So uh, if you would like to call in and talk to, talk to Charlie anywhere in Toronto, you need to use this number four one six three six zero zero seven four zero or toll free anywhere in the province of Ontario. That's one eight six six seven four zero four seven. Four zero, And please let Carlos know if you are a first-time caller, because then we will happily give you your garden wings, right, like that there. And of course, the, yeah, and the mantra, of course, is call often, call early, and one question per call, please. Hey, um, speaking of the, the bell, et cetera, I just wanted to let everybody know, uh, I got an interesting email from one of our listeners. He's in Bloomfield, New York. His name is Dave Lasher. And he, he wrote to say he was having trouble hearing me. He could hear you and he, he could hear the other callers. And so that's one of the reasons I got my fancy uh, little headset. Then he updated me last week and he said, you know what? I still sounded like I was in a tin can a long ways away. Uh-huh. So what he did is he went to his computer and he went to um, listen live. And as soon as he went to listen live. So, of course, what is that? That email is or sorry, that website is zoomerradio.ca listen live. And he said it came through. We come through clear as a bell if you go online to listen to us. So if anybody is listening on an old AM radio and having issues with clear um, uh, audio, try the online version, the listen live at zoomerradio.ca. Fabulous. And you said from Bloomfield, New York, did you say? Correct. Yeah. Because because yeah. you have a Bloomfield in Prince Edward County, I do <laughs> so call, do. don't you? <laughs> we yeah. do. We do. And I have a cupboard full of Bloomfield pottery from Bloomfield. So oh, uh, from years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so you know uh, what we'll do? We will uh, just go to a quick break. Okay. And uh, and then we will be back. And before we do that, I just want to say I'd like to uh, give some announcements when we get back. You got right it. after this. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. 
Hey, welcome back to The Garden Show. I'm Dean Holland here with Charlie Dobbin. And uh, I'm going to give out those numbers one more time. And then, uh, Charlie, you have a few announcements to make after that, right? Okay. So uh, anywhere in Toronto, please call 416-360-0740 or anywhere in the province of Ontario. It's a toll-free number, 1-866-740-4740. What do you got for us there, Charlie? Well, we're getting into that time of year, Dean, where all the Hort Societies are gearing up for spring, which, as you know, is right around the corner. So in order, this Tuesday, March the 8th, 7 o'clock, join the Pickering Garden and Horticultural Society, 7 p.m. It's a Zoom event. Everybody is welcome. Uh, The speaker is an incredibly intelligent, smart gardener. She is a master gardener, Kathy Catasalis. She's presenting Berry Delicious a discussion about growing small fruits in your home and garden. So to join that meeting, go to just send an email to Pickering Garden Club Info. That's one word, Pickering Garden Club Info at gmail.com. So that's this Tuesday. This Wednesday, February, sorry, March the 9th, we, you may join the Riverdale Hort Society for the same reason, a Zoom event. And again, a great speaker. Uh, it's Tina Van Andel, also a master gardener. 7 p.m. Go to info at riverdalehorticultural.ca uh, to join the Zoom meeting. And then the best is the Agent Court Garden Club is hosting a in-person live meeting. So why is this important? Well, Dean, I'm not sure if you've ever been to a Hort Society meeting, but they serve the best food. Oh, (laughs) oh, yeah, (laughs) I'm there. I'm so there. (laughs) It's all about the snacks. Like they do, you know, obviously coffee and tea, but there's always homemade goodies and and just delicious, you know, you'd want to stuff some in your pockets for the ride home kind of kind of goodies. So the Asian Court Garden Club is hosting an in-person meeting Members and guests, everyone is invited. Masks are required. Uh, it'll be Julie and Carlene Ginter teaching about honeybees and beekeeping. Um, there will be light refreshments, so there you go. It's The meetings are at the Knox United Christian Education Center, which is at 2575 Midland Avenue at Shepherd. So that's Agent Court. Driveways off Rural Avenue. There is a bus stop right outside. Meeting starts at 7.30. So there you go. The very first in almost, well, that'll be almost two years to the day. Yeah. Since we, well, it will be actually two yeah, years it will be. to the day since we last had an in-person Hort meeting. So good on you, Agent Court. That's crazy. I'm excited already about the, both about the meeting and about the goodies. <laughs> okay, let's. we've got a caller on the line. We've got a few, actually. Uh, let's go to Shirley, who is calling from Grafton, Ontario. How are you, Shirley? Hi, good morning. Good morning. Um, good morning. I, I have a um, Sagao cactus. Um, it was about two and a half feet tall when we bought it about uh, 25, 30 years ago. Uh, it's now, uh, some of the segments are approaching the ceiling. Um, how do we, uh, or where do we cut it down? How do we do it? And what can I do with the segment that to root it to that, that we cut off? Sure. So you, what kind of cactus did you say it is? I, I believe it's called a Sagaaru cactus. Oh, Sagaaru, gotcha. All right, so here's what you're going to do. Um, 
I know I've had this happen before. Actually, years ago at my parents' house, I gave my dad a cactus that was very happy and grew and grew. So what you've got to do, you, what, you could send me a photograph to my email address if you wish, and then I could be absolutely clear. But when cacti get too tall and you look at the plant, you will see that there are – the way they grow – yeah, they're not just straight tissue. They have little joints where they'll they'll send off branches or they'll you know, sort right. of have ins of and outs. Yeah, exactly. So wherever a segment or wherever the cacti has segmented itself into a side branch or even in a tall, um, you know, sort of a pillar, it'll still have segments along there. You can, with a very, very sharp knife, uh, you probably have to use a saw, you can slice that plant, that cacti, into pieces at those segments. The pieces you take off lay on the ground, on newspaper, for at least a week, just in a, in a bright spot, um, a war, you know, regular room temperature. And what will happen is where you've made those cuts, uh, the tissue will dry to our eye, it is drying. But to the plant, it's actually responding to the severing that you've done. And it is producing some what we call undifferentiated tissue. And that tissue will turn into roots. But it does take a while. And you will have to just lay it out. You don't put it in soil at all until it has sat out for minimum of a week, maybe two weeks. It certainly will never die just lying there for even a month. Um, but at some point, you'll lift up those pieces. Then you'll sit them onto moist, sandy, potting mix like a good well-drained potting mix uh stabilize with um uh, whatever little um posts you need could be as something as simple as um chopsticks and sunny spot leave them alone um don't water just want you know moist soil and then don't water and let them be it'll take a while but you'll find roots within a, a month or two and you'll have all kinds of little baby plants that have come off of the mother so yeah it's it's pretty fun it's not too hard to do okay Yeah, thanks so much there, Shirley. Okay, Shirley reminded me of a, we have a very, very large jade plant, which I think I've talked about on the show. And and it was given to us by uh, a couple who just could not move it anymore (laughs) because it was so big, right? And so they got it when it was just a little tiny thing and they had it for about 20 years. And uh, yeah, so we have that in our house and uh, and it is a bit cumbersome to move outside in this one. You know, you're going to get a dolly at some point. Yeah. A dolly and then roll it out, build yes. a ramp. <laughs> People do that. Okay, we're going to go to a quick break. And then when we come back, we have some more callers on the line. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got the garden show with Charlie Dobbin exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, indeed. This is the Garden Show on Zuma Radio, the only live garden show in Toronto. And I'm here with Charlie Dobbin. And uh, I, Charlie, I just wanted to give out those numbers again. 416-360-0740 in Toronto. Toll free, 1-866-740-4740. And also, uh, Charlie, you mentioned your email. If you have something that you have to send a photo to Charlie, you want to do that through her email, c.dobbin at mzmedia.com, and that will get the email to Charlie. Okay. Uh, Charlie, I've got Elizabeth on the line. Uh, She is calling from Scarborough. And how are you this morning, Elizabeth? Thank you very much. Um, uh, First of all, uh, what date was the Agent Court uh, um, Garden uh, Information Center at Knox United? What date was that? Uh, 
March 14th. March the 14th. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, my question is, since we're into March, uh, I gather it would be time to take cuttings from my hibiscus? Hello? Well, well, yeah, hello. Uh, definitely, yes, take cuttings. But more than that, consider giving your hibiscus a real proper pruning. Okay. Because now is the time to really prune it back so you won't have to prune it during the summer or next fall before you bring it in, because oh. it should be covered in buds at that point. Okay, so um, when you're saying pruning, um, it's, it's really point of leggy. Now, how about how much, and would you suggest rooting a compound or putting it directly into potting soil? Uh, to, to root those cuttings, number one, if depending on the amount of of stem you take off when you're pruning and how you're much not should gonna... you take off pardon how much should you take off like i mean do, do you root like four inches that type of thing well, it depends on the size of the plant and if like you say it's leggy what yeah. that means is there's a very long distance between the leaves yeah. so i'm not sure whether it's a bush or a tree or how big it is now or how big the pot is any of that but the point is you do not hesitate to take as much as a half of that plant away okay. so you can prune it back to half size of what it is now if that makes sense okay. or a third so somewhere between a third and a half when uh -huh. you prune back you want sharp pruners you want to take it back to a bud that is growing to the outside of the plant not to the inside of the plant so be aware of where the buds are and whatever you take off uh, it could be a foot long stem but you're only going to prune sorry you're only going to try and root cuttings that are four to six inches long okay, and of course your roots are going to come from where the leaves are now or the little buds so yeah. i would use a rooting hormone to speed up the roots not necessary, but it will speed things up. Yeah. You can go into a moist potting soil, or you can go in straight into a glass of water with hibiscus. But main thing is get those, take away that length of stem that's at the bottom so that you've got a bud at the bottom of the cutting and another bud. So at least two buds will be immersed under the soil or into the water to promote roots. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. I appreciate Great. that. Thank right you. On. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for calling. Calling. Charlie, to that end, I have an email from uh, Eveline, uh, who also was asking about the hibiscus. Uh, she has it facing a south window. Uh, she previously sent you, she said, sent you a photo. At that time, it had one bloom. This is about a week ago. Currently, there are two other buds waiting to bloom. Her question is, should she begin her monthly fertilizing now? It seems that uh, it says, following these blooms, can I cut the plant back to a third, which I think you just addressed, but she's mm -hmm. wondering about fertilizing. So absolutely, yes. Um, our plants are very clever. They know these are our indoor plants and they could even be in your basement, but they know spring is coming. They know the days are getting longer and they are starting to grow much more actively than they were in December. So yes, we promote and support that active growth with fertilizer. Of course, too much fertilizer is a bad thing. So it's just like a one-a-day vitamin. If you take two one-a-day vitamins, you're not going to be twice as healthy. As a matter of fact, you might actually poison yourself. So do not ever over-fertilize, just like we don't overtake our vitamins. And uh, yes, once a month, following the instructions, and for sure, you will see even more, uh, you know, sort of burst of growth with lots of sun, uh, consistent fertilizing, and watering when dry when it comes to the hibiscus. And for sure, do your cutting back right after that you know as soon as those buds are done crank crank that plant right back because they are very vigorous plants okay okay 
Great. Um, I have got uh, Cynthia on the line, and she is calling from Mississauga. How are you this morning, Cynthia? I'm very well, thanks. Fantastic. Good, good. Um, Charlie. Okay. Good morning. A, good yeah. morning. I have a jade plant. It's quite big. And the other day, I, I find it's leaning le, one side, like it's coming out of the pot. So mm. we took it, we repotted. Didn't repot it. We add soil to it. And quite a few of the branches fell off and the leaves fell off. Mm. And mm. Uh, we... It's so large, we need to have it supported, so we put it against uh, the wall, and it was fine. Mm-hmm. Then we looked, and it turned over, so we had to put mm-hmm. like, the soil in it. So I'm wondering, it is two big branches, like a bee, right? Very thick. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering, can I separate it? Can I break it in two? Okay, so... <clears throat> You have a problem that lots of people have had with jade plants, so it's a very good question. You can't separate it in two like you would a, like a hosta or a daylily. Like you can't just sort of slice the whole thing in half. But what you I can do, again. and Sorry. what I would do, is I would look at that plant that's in the pot, get out my sharp scissors, mm-hmm. and I would cut the whole thing right back. So you're going to take off maybe, gosh, 75% of that upper growth is going to be severed from the mother plant until it's a balanced plant. You should not have to lean it up against a wall. You should not have to have it staked or held up in any way. Um, uh, depending on how long it's been in that pot, if it's been in that pot for five or 10 or 20 years, oh, then no, for sure. Once you... Maybe a couple of years. Yes. How many years? A couple of years, two years maybe. A couple. Yeah, so that's not too bad. If it's only been a couple of years, um, once you cut it all back, take a look. If you see roots growing out the bottom out of the drainage Mm -hmm. holes, then yes, indeed, consider uh, repotting, fresh potting soil. Remember, when we give plants a bigger pot, the plants grow bigger. Yes. which is the, okay. the theory behind bonsai, right? Bonsai right. is a way of keeping plants small by keeping them in really small pots. So just if your house is big enough to have a jade jungle, then for sure you can certainly get uh, get into a bigger pot. But don't hesitate to be the master of that plant. Do some cutting back, tidy the whole thing up, and you're going to have a bushel load of of cuttings that you've taken off and you can regrow plants with every single one of those little branches that have been dropped off so uh, again it's just a little tip cutting three or four inches long okie doke so So, thank you so much for your call there cynthia yeah you know it reminds me of that job that i spoke to you about last week there uh, charlie that i think i'm gonna have to start life as a plant intimidator i'm gonna go around And I, instead of a whisper, I'm going to go into people's houses and I'm going to shout at plants and get them to do what we're supposed to do. Get up, well, off that wall. Get away from that wall. Stand up <laughs> but sometimes it's people. I think that we, as uh, we, we're so, we love our plants. They're like our children, right? So yeah. it, people hesitate to to use the tough love that they need to use with their plants, whether it's sharp pruners or or yelling at it for not flowering, and you know. <laughs> telling it that the composter is where it's heading off to. So it's just all that, you know, there's just a hesitation. I think pruning is the hardest for most people. They just worry that they're going to kill the plant. And at this time of year, you would be very hard pressed to kill a plant with pruning. It's one of the best things you can do. Gotcha. It's like getting a haircut. Mm, Exactly. Yeah. Okay. We're going to go to, uh, we've got a call from Burford, Ontario. We've got John on the line. How are you this morning, John? We're we're great. We're great. We're looking forward to, the buds on the trees and spring coming. Mm. <laughs> Indeed. I have been doing for a number of years is uh, 
uh, shaking the dirt off the geraniums and uh, putting them in a box and storing them and starting them again and had good results. And also my uh, candle lilies, I've cleaned them off and store them in a cool place and get them started. Is, is now a good time and when do I start fertilizing? Hmm. I wouldn't rush the fertilizer with these guys unless you have a very, very bright, bright southern facing sunroom or uh, some grow lights. Because once you start them growing, you know, meaning you get those geraniums out of the dark, uh, you provide them with some moisture and some soil, same with the cannas, they will respond and they will start to grow. If you fertilize, they're going to just grow that much faster. So sometimes we, we hold off on the fertilizer until we get a little closer to getting them outside, just because they're going to outgrow. You know, I've had people call me, you know, I've got 35 or 350 pots of geraniums. Like, when is when is spring coming so I can get them outside? So that you know, be careful of that. You start too early, uh, you'll regret it. I it's only what March fifth. I probably wait at least another ten days before I get these guys potted up. But you're right. You're right in the right uh, window of opportunity. Fresh potting soil for all of them. Clean, sterile pots bright bright light some water and then yeah you could wait you know in a month or so after that four to six weeks after you've potted them consider some fertilizer okay so is that for cuttings too yep yeah okay and can okay. lilies yeah yeah and you know with your cannas canna lilies you don't even need to take them out of, uh, do you put them in the ground outside or do you put them in pots uh both <laughs> Okay, because sometimes, I mean, if you have room, it's so easy. Just leave them in the pots if you have somewhere you can put them because you don't even have to dig them up. Just leave them in the pots, put them in a cool, dark place, and then bring them out in the spring, and you don't have to do any extra work. It's so simple. Uh, But you're right. If they're big pots and you have to bring them down to the basement or something, then, yeah, you have to dig them up. I have to dig them up because they actually almost destroy the pots because they, they multiply so much. Uh, they fill the pot, and the pot gets so much, you know, warmth and stuff. I yeah. almost have destroyed pots because they've. It's they almost impossible them. to get them out. Yeah. Oh, they are very vigorous plants. So these are obviously red canna lilies that you're growing, yes. which are the the most vigorous for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, good for you. Thanks so much but, for the call, there, yeah, John. Thank okay. you. Good luck with that. And we all want to get dirty, eh? Get our hands dirty. <laughs> Well, I just wanted to point out. Enjoy just wanted to point out that we have only two more winter shows left because oh. yes, spring starts on Sunday, the twentieth of March at eleven thirty-three a.m. And so, so we've got next week and the week after only two more winter shows. Then we are into spring, Charlie. Spring, real spring. I'm looking forward to it. Spring. Trust me. Love <laughs> it. Okay, got uh, we're got Mary on the line, and Mary is calling from uh, right inside Toronto. How are you this morning, Mary? I'm fine, thank you. And how are both of you? We're Excellent. great. Great. Yeah, whereabouts in Toronto are you, Mary? Um, right in the middle of the city. Yeah. Got Clare it. So what do you got for what do you, yeah? What do you got for Charlie? Well, another hibiscus question. Oddly enough, mm-hmm. I have uh, the first one. I have my niece gave it to me maybe three years ago. Now it's in a six-inch pot, white. It blooms prolifically for me mm-hmm. all the time. And last year, I purchased two more, um, but they're both in four-inch pots, like it was last maybe July or something. One was orange, one was yellow, I think. No, pink. What Mm -hmm. I would like to do, now, the two I purchased, the orange one, 
is like very tight, growing straight up. Uh, It's almost as if you're hugging yourself, whereas Mm -hmm. the pink one is sort of like the white one with the branches going out. I would like to put all three into one pot, but I I don't have a lot of room. I have a south-facing garden. They go out in the summer. I'm wondering, can I do this? What should I do before? But what would be the smallest size pot that I could put all three in to make it easier for me? Hmm. You could probably, because keep in mind that hibiscus are super vigorous plants. If you've ever been uh, in a resort in the Caribbean anywhere, you have seen hedges of hibiscus and you've seen the gardeners out there with machetes and chainsaws pruning them. So they they withstand quite a lot of what we might think is a bit of an abusive behavior. So what I would do with the three is I would look for an eight inch pot if you mm-hmm. want the smallest. Yeah, 10 would be, would be good. better, but you could probably get away with an eight inch pot and fresh soil. When you take the plants, the three different plants out of the two or sort of three different pots, take a look at the roots and be prepared. You don't want a massive root ball that's all growing in a circle that's um, just a a ball of roots. Because what happens is plants will actually commit suicide and it's not their fault. It's because we've left them in the pot too long and the roots start to grow in a spiral and the spiral roots, even when we take them out of the pot, once they've started that those directions, they keep going in that direction. So you may have to, and you likely will have to, trim back the roots to undo the spiral. Right. So open those roots up and then let them intertwine amongst between each other in oh. the one pot with the nice fresh soil. Um, it will become a fairly big bushy plant, but it'll be very pretty if you can get them all three blooming at the same time. Now, would I be able to, uh, once I do this, and this would be a good time of year to do it, Right. Uh, Once I do that, how would I be able to keep it sort of in check from getting too, too big? Uh, Well, you know, if you prune it all the time, you'll never see flowers. So what I I would do is I would do... Well, you can, the time to prune hibiscus is now, and that's why we've said it a couple times today. Right. Do your hard pruning today or this week, this time of year, and then you shouldn't have to hard prune again until next year because you want to, you know, maximize the flowers. Sometimes people have to do some pruning in the fall when they're bringing them in, but you really, really want to let them grow all spring and summer outside unpruned if you can. So do your repotting. Um, I wouldn't rush to do a lot of trimming right now when you're repotting. Just concentrate on getting some roots growing and getting them stable in the pots. If you need to do some pruning next fall, then do so, but try and hold your pruning for the spring. What about the one that I said, uh, the orange or yellowy orange one, that is sort of like you're hugging yourself, Mm -hmm. even when it had the buds? They seem to be trying to squeeze out from the hug. Should I chop off part of the top to have the side branches come out or what? Well, you might eventually. I mean, you cannot get around the growing. Like, there's genetics in all this, right? So that, particularly that orangey yellow one, has a distinctive growing shape, and that is part. It's in its. That's part of its DNA. So you're not going to be able to undo that growth form. Um, Instead, what I'd probably do is think about where to place it, with considering the other two, so that it doesn't get lost in amongst these much more horizontally growing. 
uh, pink and white one. Um, you know, you might end up kind of putting it more to the side and having the other two a little bit closer to the other side, uh, up to you. But but no, you can do fun things with hibiscus. I, years ago, I got my parents uh, a pot, a single pot, where it was a pink, red, and yellow hibiscus that had been grown and then braided so that this, it had a braided stem that stood about three or four feet tall. And then it was all a mass of leaves and flowers on the top. So it looked like a hibiscus tree with a braided stem, but three colors of flowers on the top. It was very pretty. I've seen that. Very beautiful. Here's a weird question, though. The uh, white sorry, one... Mary, actually, I got it. Mary, I got to <laughs> go. We, uh, sorry, it's our, our one question, one call, and oh, no, we have to go to break. So thank you for the call. Okay. And yeah. uh, please call again, though, and we will be right back after these messages. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yeah, welcome back to what is fast becoming the hibiscus show <laughs> on Zoma Radio. Wow. And, you know, I, I had sort of forgotten about hibiscus, I think, and I now they're in the forefront, and now, now I want one. <laughs> yeah, they're they're really easy lovely. to grow, but I will tell warn you, so far nobody's asked this question, but hibiscus are very susceptible to getting white fly in the oh. middle of the winter and or spider mites in the middle of winter. So that that can be their, their downfall. Oh, yuck. Don't like that sound of that at all. You, uh, you know what I do like the sound of, though? I'm going to give the numbers out. 416-360-0740. That's the Toronto number. Or if you are calling from anywhere else in the province, it is a toll-free number. 1-866-740-4740. And uh, we're now we're going to go to Toronto. We've got Jean on the line. How are you this morning, Jean? Not bad, not bad. I just want to know how to take care of Pini. My Pini dying because I don't know how to take care of them. Oh, okay. So it's obviously not dying now. It's dormant outside, right? A Pini is outside. Outside, yes. Yes, okay. Um, If you provide it with what it wants to thrive, it should be fine. So number one. Peonies want to be in full sun. So that means six hours of direct sunlight every day minimum. So lots of sun. They also want a fertile soil, a soil with compost, uh, composted manure, uh, triple mix, you know, good quality soil. They do not want to sit in a wet spot, a soggy spot. They need good drainage. They will rot if it's too wet. So never down low in a ditch, and never in pure clay, always in a, in a well-drained soil. And then the other thing that we often forget about peonies is when we plant them, you have to put the, the tuber, because a peony grows from a tuber, it has to be right on the surface of the soil, the top of the tuber. So there's little eyes on the tuber, little red sprouts in the spring uh, when they start to grow. When you plant them, those little red eyes go right at the surface. Uh, like not above the surface, but at the surface, and then you will get flowers. If you plant your peony tubers too deep, it will not flower. And that's the most common reason why they don't flower is they've been planted too deep. So lots of sun, well-drained soil, good fertile soil, a good drainage, and plant them at the right level, and you're you're fine. You're, you're good to go. Okay. Thanks so much. 
Okay, You're thank welcome. you, Gene. Good luck. So, uh, peonies are part of my life. I, years and years ago, I rented a house in Hamilton where I grew up, and uh, it was all grass, so there were all these tulips coming up, and there was a peonies patch, and I was going to move them because I didn't like where they were. And somebody who happened to be coming by said, well, if you move them, they might not grow, bloom for like two or three years because uh, they told me they don't like being moved. Um, now, I don't know. Is there much truth to that or no, they can be moved. It is interesting how to move a peony, though, particularly an old peony. They are very cool plants because they live for a very long time. And um, But you lift them in the fall, never in the spring. When you lift them, you use a fork, like a digging okay. fork. You get them up out of the ground, and then you look and you realize, my gosh, this is huge. It's like the size of a small Volkswagen that comes yeah. up out of the ground yeah. if it's a really old peony. <clears throat> the thing you have to do is you have to leave it just let it sit out in the sun on the surface of the soil. Oh, for a couple of hours, make sure it doesn't, if it's going to rain, you don't do this. You do not want it to sit in the rain. And it goes from being very, very um, almost brittle to being a little more rubbery when you leave it up on the soil like that. And once it's a little bit rubbery, then you get out your sharp shovel and you start chopping it up into pieces and take all those different pieces with an eye, right? You always have to those eyes attached, yep. just like a potato, and replant them. And if you replant them with all the directions I just gave Gene, they, you should be fine. You should have flowers in the next spring. Okay, cool. Uh, let's go to Elaine in Brampton. And Elaine is a first-time caller. How are you this morning, Ooh. Elaine? Oh, I'm very well, thank you. Hope you two are Good. as well. <laughs> we are well. I'm going to give you your garden wings, my dear. Oh, thank you. There you go. You earned them. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, we pl we planted two Wichita blue junipers about three years ago. Now the one is doing exceptionally well. The center stem has reached six feet. The other one's doing well, as same as the other. However, the center stem is at a standstill and has been all out. And um, it's so it's about four feet high. And I'm one. I, t I took a good look at it to see why it's not doing anything, and it's at the top of it, almost the shape of little fans. But I'm wondering. Uh, I didn't want to cut the stem for fear I ruined the whole plant. Um, what do I do since all the other branches at the front of it, behind it, and so on, are doing exceptionally well? You know, they've feathered out and uh, looked lovely like the other one. What What is wrong with the center stem? Can I do anything? Can I bring another stem and tie to it to make a center stem out of it, or what? No, I don't think Enough. you need to do that. But um, you kind of, I lost you when you said you looked closely at the forefooter at the center stem. And what did you see when you looked closely? Well, it looks like little clusters at the top with little fan-shaped um, leaves. Like front. I don't know leaves, what you call yeah. leaves or... Yeah, they are, actually. Yeah, so anyway, that, it's not yeah. growing up. It's not doing anything. I'm wondering oh, okay. why. <laughs> so the, so the center stem it? does yeah, have a tip on it, though. It has a growing tip, I would um, think. Well, it doesn't look like there's a growing tip because of these little clusters. <clears throat> are they side by side? Like, does it matter that they're the same size? Is there a symmetry as part of it? Um, yeah, they're side by side, I guess. Yeah. I mean, because 
what we find is even, and I've had this happen multi-times, two identical plants should be genetically identical, planted side by side in identical circumstances, but they don't grow the same. Right. And that's like, well, how come, right? Like, what am I doing wrong? Right. It's not you. Sometimes plants just, that just happens. But the cool thing about uh, what you have, which are pyramidal junipers, so little Christmas tree shape, yes. you can shear them. Oh, you can okay. shear them with, you know, the Edward Scissorhands type long bladed um, uh, shears. And so what I would do, I would wait till about June and then I would go after that tall one, the six footer, and I would shear it down. And you can actually cut off the terminal, the top center stem doing you don't just cut it off like a straight line like you don't want to make a blunt top at the end of the day you want it to still be a pointed top on the plant yeah so you're gonna you're gonna shear um it, ultimately the, the height's gonna come down by a foot or so but at the end of the day it's gonna still have that proper shape oh. and with the shorter one you may say to yourself i'm not going to do a lot i'm just going to do a very very fine bit of shearing because remember when we cut off those little tips of all the, those little branches you will encourage more growth oh. so by by doing a light shearing on the small one and mm. a harder shearing on the tall one right. you're going to try and get them more matching yeah okay now, thank you very much for the call there elaine i'm sorry i have to go to a break uh but we will be right back don't change stations just because the weather changes garden tips and advice all year round this is the garden show with charlie dobbin exclusively on Zoomer Radio. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. I'm Dean Holland, and we are going to jump right into a phone call because we've got a couple on the line. We haven't got much time. Uh, Yasmin from Hamilton. How are you this morning, Yasmin? Good morning, and thank you for the hibiscus show. I'm adding to that. <laughs> <laughs> I've got three hibiscus, and I generally prune them when I take them out in late spring. But my question is, sometimes the buds inside just fall off. Why is that? It's probably because of temperature changes. So it could be uh, that the furnace is coming on, it's blowing a lot of hot air around the plants and they just drop the buds. It could be that it's really, really cold outside and since they're close to a window, they're getting so cold off of the glass. They, I find that that's the one thing is they do respect, respond to temperature. Okay, because it's the same plant where I have blooms and I also have falling buds, which which never makes sense. So <laughs> I guess it's, it's well, a you know, where the it plant could be is, also, I, I presume. Sometimes plants stem. produce, yeah. well, sometimes they produce more buds than they can actually support. So it okay. could be that the, the plant is what we call self-pruning. It could be dropping them because it's just like, I don't have enough energy to actually fulfill all these buds. Ah. I'm going to keep three and drop five. <clears throat> okay. Thank you. And another mm, pest of hibiscus I find is aphids. Mm, in the outside, for sure. No, inside. Okay, pretty, oh, well, they're pretty yeah. easy okay. to, uh, Yasmin, make sure you don't have aphids on your hibiscus when you bring them in in the fall. Because you can, just with soap and water, you should be able to really clean them up and kill and annihilate any aphids. Uh, but the other ones, the white fly, the spider mites, they're a lot harder to kill. Cool. Okay, we're going to go to uh, Jean. Looks like Jean is calling from uh, from Penetang. How are you this morning, Jean? Hi, I'm great. Charlie, you are a breath of fresh air. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank My you. My question is about Rose of Sharon. We got a, one gifted to us last spring, planted it, and we put a little fence around it to keep the dog away. Well, the wind blew the fence away, 
and we also have rabbits in and out of the subdivision, and it's eaten right down to the ground. Will it come Aww. back, do you think? Uh, it depends. It's eaten right down to the ground. So <clears throat> it depends how chewed up it is. Um, what I would do is make sure you do get another little, even one of those little wire fences, you know, you can stick them in the ground, just one foot yep. tall, so you don't run it over with the lawnmower. But take yep. a really close look once the snow melts. Make sure it's not all ragged and jagged. You'll be able to see if it, it's going, it, it might, the root might have survived and it might start to grow from, obviously, from below ground. But if yep. the uh, rabbits have left it very rough, uh, try and do a little bit of a cleanup and make sure it's not a flat top. Uh, at the stem so water isn't sitting right on the stems make sure there's a lot slight bit of an angle that the stems are are bluntly cleanly cut at maybe what gene needs to do is is make a like a little fence made of carrots around <laughs> the rose of sharon yeah, and then of course the rabbits won't care about the rose of sharon because they'll yeah. just eat the carrots around there yeah, so. never know but you want to hear something else that's funny rose of sharon that uh, gene is calling about is actually a hibiscus <laughs> is it really Yes. It's a type of, yeah, of course. It's a yeah. hearty hibiscus. Yeah. Hearty hibiscus. It's the hibiscus show. You're right. You said it. It is. It is. <laughs> and you know what? I got to tell you, of course, I started with you here in uh, in November when uh, when Frank Proctor decided to retire. And uh, mm -hmm. I don't know if you talked to Frank lately. I know you kind of reach out to him. On a, yeah. On a, yeah. We've, yeah. We've chatted. Yeah. There, there's he's him and Shirley are doing well. Fabulous. And uh, you warned me. You said, you know, like the show is, is quite different in the winter and then as spring ramps up, you know, and I got to tell you, not one single amaryllis question this week <laughs> on the show. So you just know that spring is around the corner. Uh, you'll see the uh, we're coming into um, hydrangea season fairly shortly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was wondering if you, because uh, we have a little bit of time left, mm -hmm. is it worth um, uh, just reminding people about some of those horticulture uh, uh, meetings that are coming up as well? Because we did, I think Carlos indicated that a couple of people called and are uh, wanting you to, to run those dates by again. Uh, right, if, you, well, if you happen to have them I, by, we maybe just I have them close by for sure. Pickering Garden and Hort Society is a Zoom event. Everyone is welcome to join. That is Tuesday, March the 8th. And that is at what time? Seven o'clock. So that's two, and that's with Kathy Cavasalas talking about berry delicious. So that's the Pickering Garden and Hort Society Zoom, seven o'clock Tuesday, March eighth. The next day, Wednesday, March 9th, we have the Riverdale Horticultural Society with Tina Van Andel speaking on container gardening. And she's both of these are great speakers that like you cannot go wrong spending an hour listening to either of them. Seven o'clock, Riverdale Hort Society. Contact them, info at riverdalehorticultural.ca. Uh, sorry, and the Pickering one was contact them at Pickering Garden Club info at gmail.com. The one I think that most people are excited about is the in-person Agent Court Garden Club meeting. That's March the 14th. It is at seven o'clock. It, of course, it is at the, it's a live and in-person. Masks are required, but everyone is welcome for 7.30 start time. They do meet at the Knox United Christian Education Center, which is 2575 Midland Avenue, March the 14th. That's right at Shepherd Avenue. Very fun group. Lots of chitter chatter and laughter. And lots of great food, right? Not to mention refreshments. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Great calls. Keep them coming. Thanks, Dean. Thanks, Carlos. See you all again next week. 
This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.